Welcome to the Arbigly Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam. Assalamu alaikum. Kaifa halukum antum. Marhaba and welcome to the Arabicly Podcast. Arabicly is a platform to cultivate the love for Arabic at home. We start this year with the theme of establishing Arabic literacy. If you are listening to this as a non-native Arabic speaker who struggles to establish routines at home or as a native speaker who would like to learn more ways to motivate their children with fusha, you have all come to the right place. This podcast series will bring your stories and your struggles to the forefront. We also intend to bring to you current research techniques in second language acquisition. This is your host, Juaria Siddiqui, a graduate student in applied linguistics. My research is about motivation of second language Arabic learners in the Middle East. So stay tuned as we help each other move beyond letters. Marhaba and welcome back to Arabic Lee's podcast. This week we will be discussing a pressing and much debatable topic in the realm of Arabic language learning. Amiya versus Fusha. For a lot of us trying to learn the Arabic language as a second, third or foreign language, we are often come across this challenge of being able to speak what we learn in terms of formal Arabic writing. So before we get into the diglossic dichotomy of the Arabic language, let's first begin by understanding what is Amiya and what is Fusha. So Fusha is the standard, the modern standard Arabic. It originates from the classical. However, it has been tailored to meet the needs of media, the current day newspapers, as well as for formal writing, for khutbas, etc. Aramiya, also referred to as the colloquial form of Arabic, is what is usually used in a less formal, or should I say, an informal communicative scenario. That would include day-to-day instances of ordering food in a restaurant, having a chat with your friend, talking to your children, etc. Now for those of you who have grown up in the Middle East or even in in the region where Arabic is spoken, you are certainly aware of the different forms of colloquial Arabic. The most famous ones being the Egyptian the Khaliji or the Shami kind of Arabic. Now we can discuss a whole lot on how these types differ, which one is closer to Fusha, which one is easier to learn, which one has more uh, deviations from the, the pronunciation, etc. But the topic that we will be talking about and discussing today is which one do we learn? 
it all begins with the understanding of knowing what is fusar versus what is not fusar. So if I say min aina anti versus inti min wain, you naturally feel the distinction between the more formal kind versus the one which is more relaxed. I get a lot of questions from non-native speakers, from non-native speaking families, moms specifically, saying my child is learning Arabic in school. It seems to be the fusha form, the formal form, but he's not or she's not able to talk to my neighbor's children or communicate in the park where children are speaking the Ammiya. What should I do? Maybe I should just focus on them learning the spoken colloquial form of Arabic. Now, the answer to this is not straightforward. And by the time you lease this podcast, I want you to think for yourself what your surroundings, the kind of place you live in, the kind of social circle that you have. And based on that, and we will do a quick exercise for you to really put in a ratio, a weight to what you should be putting more focus on versus less focus. Now, that is not to say that we will be ignoring Ramiya completely because it's informal. Why do we really need it? And nor do I say that we need to be sticking only and only with Fusha. What do I mean by that? We begin by clearing our mind by about having this dichotomy that it's either this or that. And that's the reason why we want. I wanted to talk about this today. Arabic is a the glossic language. Now, what do I mean by the glossic? Let's let's explore the term diglossia. So, diglossia means when there are two varieties of the same language. So, not necessarily Arabic, any language, and if it has two varieties used by the same community, one being the high kind and one being the lower variety, that language qualifies to become a diglossia or a, diglo- a diglossic language. Now that, given that, given that understanding, Arabic is diglossic for several reasons. Social, cultural, political, and beyond that. If you are living in a place where a spoken variety is, is popular, so you learning Fusha along but along with getting accustomed to that local fusha becomes necessary. If you are living in a place where you don't get exposed to a, a largely Arabic-speaking community and you're learning Arabic for fun, for religious reasons, just because you have cultural uh, attach- uh, attachment to the language, you learn the fusha, but you still get yourself accustomed to a particular kind of amiya. Now, at this point, you must be wondering, well, this isn't really making sense. I'm telling you to do both. So how is that helping? Because I am struggling to learn one part, the high variety or the low variety, and there's no way I can do both. I'll show you how we can. So what does this this 
big debate or learning Armenia versus Fusha. What does this do to second language learners of Arabic? Because that's what we are here to discuss. It really affects your motivation to learn the language. You are able to make such intricate, beautifully constructed grammar sentences in paper, in writing, but when you have to speak at the masjid or at a restaurant, you are embarrassed. You feel this is not your place or you might even have people look at you weirdly. And that kind of deters you, especially when you're learning a new language. That's the last thing you would want, right? For somebody to make fun of what you're speaking. A study that explored the the impact of these two varieties on second language learners' motivation concluded that at the lower intermediate level of Arabic, learning or having a minor working knowledge of Armenia really, really helps. So if you are a beginner learner of Arabic, if you're just trying to learn the letters, if your child is just trying to learn letters and words and trying to form sentences, and you think, oh, this is the right time to introduce Fusha, uh, sorry, to introduce colloquials, mm, maybe not. Maybe maybe you, you could wait till they reach a lower intermediate level and start introducing introducing the colloquial aspect. But if you are comfortable by make, with making small short like short sentences then this is a good time for you to start exploring a dialect an arabic dialect of your choice another another impact that the study found was that teachers in classrooms should 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 emphasize the importance of colloquial arabic so that is to say and i have experienced this myself when i take online classes with teachers of Arabic, with native teachers of Arabic. And if I try to squeeze in a word of Amiya here and there, they immediately refute it and say, oh no, but that's not the good kind. And as much as you understand that there is a prestige associated with learning the higher form of Fusha, but there's also a social stigma associated with not being able to speak that lower variety. So Maybe calling it a higher and lower variety in terms of its morphology and structure makes sense. But in terms of usage, it's formal and informal. And that is how we should be learning it. Right. So there seems to be a colloquial. There seems to be a fosha. And I'm still not able to decide which one to go with. The good part is, and the part that is often not emphasized, is that there are several, 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 and in fact, considerable amounts of overlap between these two types. Remember, we're talking about the same language. And if a student really wants to be able to speak it, and is confident enough to speak the Fusha to begin with, blending in Amiya along the way will not be a hard process. First and foremost, we need to get rid of this idea that there are two different things and that if I do one, I will not be able to do another. There are several overlaps and the extent to which I need to learn the new terms depends on the kind of social circle, the social environment you are in. 
this is where I give you the plan. How do you choose your ratio? I would like you to quickly grab a paper and pencil and draw a tabular column, a two, a two, uh, a two column table. And now look around you, look at your situation. Are you in an Arab country? Are you having a lot of uh, people who you could practice Arabic with? Do you have friends who speak Arabic at all? What kind of uh, Amiya do they speak? Just, just assess your situation for a few seconds. What country you are in? Now, once you have your two column table ready, you can write MSA or F like Fusha in, in, in the first column and you can write colloquial in the second. Now, for every statement that I make, I would like you to put one point depending on which column that suits you. So if you are living in an Arab country, I would say that goes as one point in the colloquial column. If you want to read the Quran, understand it, explain it to others, teach it, etc., I would say that's one point in this Fusha column. If you have Arab friends, and I'm like friends, I mean those who you have a good rapport with, you go to their house for coffee, you, your children have playdates together, you're comfortable talking to them about weather and what's going on in your child's school etc etc and if you have that kind of proximity to arabic speaking friends so by that i mean not just people in the community but then they are actually in your friend circle that means i would say put in one more point for the colloquial and if you love the arabic culture and then you like listening to arabic songs and cultural music etc that again goes in as one point in the colloquial section. So this way, I would like you to maybe think of, let's start with just 10 reasons. And with those reasons, keep putting in points. So whatever your statement is, what is it most applicable to? Is it applicable to being a colloquial form of Arabic or a more standard standardized form of Arabic? And once you have all of these points, and I did that for myself, and I see that I had six points for modern standard Arabic and I have four for colloquial and this tells me that my learning should have a 60 to 40 percent 60 percent to 40 percent ratio so here we are talking again of not doing not speaking and learning only Fusha not speaking only colloquial but having that ratio of 60 to 40 tells me yes it's almost equal like nearly equal because I do have close speaking friends, I love Arabic culture, Arab culture, and I I do want to talk, be able to talk to people in restaurants. I live in an Arab country, etc., etc. For some of you, you have a lot more reasons which are more social than perhaps textual, academic, etc. And for you, it makes sense to keep your modern standard Arabic limited to your schoolwork, but then otherwise, you really want to be able to gel in with the people. Uh, at the community center or social circle or the park so this gives you a better idea of where you're putting all your effort when you so start speaking colloquial arabic do you have to think of speaking in the same way or to the same extent or level as native speakers of course not if it can be reduced to some nice exchange of greetings talking about uh, how the day went, how the school is, what you've cooked, 
etc that is a start and that's good enough to to hold on to hold on to as what you can do in the colloquial language and it doesn't have to go beyond that because that's your social social circle and and that's that serves you right if you have higher exposure if you have if you sit with a lot more people who speak a colloquial language then that way your listening also increases your listening capacity for for, for that particular dialect and ultimately that feeds into your higher percentage or for you to increase your level in the colloquial instead of the fusha so i really really hope that this exercise today's simple podcast on what is fusha versus amia let's say let's rename this to fusha with amia there are there are lots of resources i would say a lot but then there are instructions and textbooks which fuse these two things together i think creating that divide makes us more scared if anything and that is what we should begin by tackling when i listen to lectures on instagram in egyptian or in shamia and yeah you, i mean i would say I, i don't get like 60% or 70% of it but i do get the 30% and that's the part that i'm interested in and that's the part i i i, I look out for and that makes me feel happy about being able to understand a dialect so let's not get to the part where we say oh we have to be 100% in both let's divide the ratio let's let's weigh it based on our needs our our interests and and the kind of uh, environment we are in currently to just make the language more accessible for all Thank you so much. If you think this will benefit uh, others struggling with the same idea of what kind of spoken Arabic, do share and let us know what you think about it. Ma salama.